Hello. We're trying some technology for the first time. So we'll see how this goes. Welcome to Happy Tears! I have no idea if that went well or not. I'm Nick. And I'm Brandon. And this is Happy Tears, a podcast where two sensitive boys talk about the art that they love so much so that it often brings them to tears. We've never done my name first, so that was weird. That's what I was going to say. It's been so long. (laughs) We pulled the old switcheroo. Uh, Today on the podcast, my friend, while we're here on Zoom, using the the power of the internet, we're going to talk about, we made a little list, our top five list. Top five is maybe a loose term. Five recommendations from each of us. Yep. Of uh, movies that are streaming on the internet mm-hmm. that will give you some happy tears. That's right. So it's a top five happy tear jerkers list for your shelter viewing in place, pleasure. quarantine, viewing pleasure. And this is happy, happy tears, tears, I hope. <laughs> we'll see. Well, uh, we always start each episode with uh, recommendations of things we are watching and listening to and consuming. I know I've been doing a ton of movie watching since I am not working currently, so I was just telling you off mic that uh, I have watched 38 movies <laughs> during wow, quarantine. So. Uh, but what about you? What is What do you uh, got spinning over there? Well, I also have I've watched some some movies, and I uh, I finished the TV show Lodge Forty Nine, that was uh, aired on originally on AMC, uh, but it's on Hulu now. And um, there's I know we've talked about it on here before, but there's there's two seasons, and the show is about. Well, I'll give you the, it's a nice little description, I think, from, from one of the, uh, the characters on the show is at an, an AMA, and they described it like this. They say it centers around a group of somewhat down-on-their-luck folks in Long Beach, California, who have the great good fortune to join a fading mystical fraternal order, a tiny bit like the Masons or Elks Club, called the Order of the Lynx, specifically Lodge 49. Their lives begin to change and grow in so many weird and wonderful ways. These characters are so real, it's crazy. Uh, The best thing is the show is very funny and very human. It's real and a little surreal, joyous, and sometimes melancholy, down to earth and transcendent. It's full of life, and it gives you a real uplifting charge. I love it so much, it's almost weird. Almost. The character that did that AMA is hilarious in the show i don't want to give it away because it's a season two character that might be surprising like the actor that plays it ah anyways uh i would agree and it's a nice show during quarantine uh set in kind of this dreamy sunny uh california setting and it's a quirky show with a bunch of lovable characters and relationships there's a really great relationship between the main character dead and his sister liz uh that i don't see a lot of like kind of older brother-sister relationships on 
you know, TV much or on screen much. Yeah. It's really, really cool. I, I followed along pretty heavily, like on Reddit and AV Club, which I think both uh, are really fun to do. They do like individual episode discussions and reviews. And there's a lot of like iconography and symbols and stuff through through the show that's really interesting and fun. But anyways, it ended up getting canceled. And But I think it wraps up in a way that's true to the uh, themes of the show and stuff. I think it, yeah. So I would highly recommend it. Lodge 49, right? Correct. I might check it out. I've got some time. (laughs) Not with all those movies you're watching. It's true. I am really uh, put in the hours. Keep going though. Love it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been nice to uh, kind of use this time to catch up with great films that, people love or just consider all-time greats or classics that I've never seen. So I'm really treating this like a mini film school. So, you know, lots of old Hitchcock, some Kubrick, but even stuff like uh, I watched Wally for the first time about a month Mm. ago, some Coen brothers. I watched Hail Caesar, John Carpenter's The Thing, um, Godfather part one and two in one day. Nice. It was a long day. Uh, so yeah, so I'm watching lots of stuff. So honestly, if listeners want to send in movies that they absolutely recommend, like you shouldn't die without having seen this movie, send them my way. Cause I, I'm, it's not like I'm running short, but I'll always <laughs> take a good recommendation. So yeah, we'd love that. Yeah. Did you have specific recommendations from those that, or were you just um honestly the one i watched literally an hour ago before we started this was uh spielberg's the adventures of tintin and that movie rules yeah it's a good one i had so much fun it's like indiana jones but also if you've ever played the uncharted video games they're a lot like uncharted um it's just a uh, just a uh, awesome adventure i had so much fun gotta love a good adventure movie i also watched um the entirety of band of brothers about a month ago that was really great i'd never seen that so yeah man i'm just watching stuff cool i have a, a just another one just from a, a book that i read that i think was was really great uh it's called deacon king kong by james mcbride uh and here's a little kind of description from google books it says in september 1969 a fumbling cranky old church deacon known as sport coat shuffles into the courtyard of the houses housing project in south brooklyn pulls a 38 from his pocket and in front of everybody shoots the project's drug dealer at point blank range uh the reasons for this desperate burst of violence and the consequences that spring from it lie in the heart of deacon king kong james mcbride's funny moving novel and his first since his national book award winning the good lord bird uh, which is being adapted by uh, Ethan Hawke, I believe. Nice. Um, fun, fun fact. We uh, love him. I think into a TV series or like a mini series. Uh, yeah, we do love him. Anyways, <laughs> in Digging King Kong, uh, McBride brings to vivid life the people affected by the shooting, the victim, the African American and Latinx residents who witnessed it, the white neighbors, the local cops assigned to investigate, the members of the Five Inns Baptist Church where Sport Coat was deacon the neighborhood's Italian mobsters, and sport code himself. Uh, As the story deepens, it becomes clear that the lives of the characters caught in the tumultuous swirl of the 1960s New York uh, overlap 
in unexpected ways. When the truth does emerge, McBride shows us that not all secrets are meant to be hidden, uh, that the best way to grow is to face change without fear, and that the seeds of love lie in hope and compassion. So yeah, it's fun. There's a lot of characters, but it's like, it, it's not like this really sprawling narrative or like view of New York City during the time, but I think it encapsulates some of that kind of energy of Brooklyn and uh, in this just kind of like small, small uh, community in the same way that um, something like, man, what's the, the, the Spike Lee movie? Do the right thing. Yeah. Do the right thing kind of has, you know, the setting is just kind of like a block, but pretty similar and actually uh, similar in style to Spike Lee at points, but it's just, it's a really, really funny book with a, a lot going on and kind of gives you a little bit of everything enjoyed it a lot that's awesome it's i mean it sounds great it's something that i would like to pick up eventually all right well let's get into it let's do it so for this top five uh we basically just wanted to recommend some movies that'll give you some happy tears obviously this podcast is all about the things that move us to tears the things that we just really love and make us emotional because we are emotional uh sensitive boys mm-hmm. and so this isn't like the best movies on streaming platforms it's maybe not even the the top you know emotional movies or anything like that it's just like five movies that we think that each of us think are good happy tears movies uh we did say that if we've already covered it on the podcast then it's void it's not it's it's what what's the word it's uh disqualified mm-hmm. so things like portrait of a lady on fire the farewell peanut butter falcon although that's not streaming but you get what i'm saying so um absolutely other than that i kind of came at this with my own specific thought process but did you have any sort of criteria that you added i kind of chose movies that i think people have maybe either uh skipped over or just i don't know maybe haven't heard about yet or heard about just haven't gotten around to because they weren't there none of them are like huge uh releases and then of course i've adhered to our uh parameters we set for ourselves uh, so I'll tell you what I did. Uh, since we had five slots on our list, and I happened to use five different streaming platforms, I picked one movie from five different streaming platforms. So I've got an Amazon, I've got a Hulu, I've got a Netflix, I've got a Disney Plus, and I've got an HBO. You brilliant man. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I don't know about that. It was honestly kind of a challenge because HBO's got a lot of stuff I haven't seen and. Um, yeah, it, it made well, sure that I didn't pick all Disney Plus movies and stuff like Pixar movies. Yeah, no, that's good. That's probably means that we don't have a ton of crossover either, which is which is probably good as well. All right, so we'll just yeah, let's just uh, let's go for it. Well, my first one I want to recommend. We've actually said something about this, but haven't covered it on the podcast. So it's a movie called Twentieth Century Women. Directed- I almost picked it. I almost did. <laughs> I'm glad you did. Go ahead. Yes. Directed by uh, Mike Mills, who um, happened to also direct the national video that we covered in the first 
episode of our podcast. So it is, uh, this is from Letterboxd. It says, in 1979, Santa Barbara, California, Dorothy Fields is a determined single mother in her mid-50s who is raising her adolescent son, Jamie, at a moment brimming with cultural change and rebellion. Dorothy enlists the help of two younger women, Abby, a free-spirited punk artist living as a boarder in Fields' home, and Julie, a savvy and provocative teenage neighbor, to help with Jamie's upbringing. My mom was 40 when she had me. Everyone told her she was too old to be a mother. I put my hand through the little window and he'd squeeze my finger and I'd tell him, life was very big and unknown. And she told me that there were animals and sky and cities, music, movies. He'd fall in love have his own children, have passions, have meaning, have his mom and dad. When they got divorced, my father moved back east and left the car with us. He calls on birthdays and Christmas. Last time I felt close to him was on my birthday in 1974. He bought me mirrored sunglasses. I saw the president fall down the stairs, and I threw up on the carpet. Since then, it's just been us. It's kind of has this like dreamy California setting uh, and really kind of natural performances from the characters here. We have Annette Benning, Ellie Fanning, and Greta Gerwig in this. And I don't know, I, I kind of wanted to just hang out with these characters for several actors after, uh, after watching this. And there's just some kind of coming of age moments um, from really a lot of the separate characters in this film. So it's, it was a, a delight to watch and I definitely got emotional during it. So it is on my list and it's on Netflix. I mean, yeah, absolutely. You and I watched this, I think like the same week. I mean, this is months ago. Yeah. Um, right. And uh, I think you and I were both kind of blown away. Um, I knew very little about the movie going in. I didn't have a lot of expectations and uh, it, it like skyrocketed up my like list of, of favorite movies and like best of the decade. And, and it's probably something that I'll bring up later when we cover some of that stuff. And uh, yeah, it's yeah. just a wonderful, wonderful movie that just is so human and, and fascinating and beautiful. I love it. Well, there you have it. It was a 2016 movie, by the way. That's a good year. Good year. <laughs> All right. Give me one, Nick. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I've put mine in an order of essentially like least intense in terms of your, your happy tears to potentially most intense, or at least how they were for me. Um, <laughs> okay, so sweet. I'll, I'll call this my number five because I've kind of put them in that ranking, not that we had to do anything like that. So this is my HBO pick. All right. And it's the only documentary on my list. <laughs> and I also happen to have watched it this morning. But uh, you were asking me about other things that I would recommend this from the last couple of weeks. I read recently a biography of the late Robin Williams. Um, mm -hmm. That's called Robin. It's by a guy named Dave Itzkoff. It's a very good biography. And there is a documentary on HBO called Robin Williams, Come Inside My Mind. I love Robin. He's one of my heroes. And uh, his 
uh, tragic death in 2016, or sorry, 2014 was a uh, monumental, uh, sad moment for me, and obviously people all over the world. And while this documentary doesn't go into like the same level of detail of like his personal life or his unique mind and psychology as the book does, Robin Williams is just kind of this force of nature that can't really be grasped on a page of a book. You've got to kind of like see, you know, you just have to see the amazing performances and, and the personality that the he magnitude. was. Yeah. It's, exactly. He's like a, like a hurricane or a tornado. You just got to like to see it to understand its true power. <laughs> Yeah, the documentary covers his life from childhood to his death and weaves together photos, home videos, movie clips, late night appearances to, you know, paint this picture of his sharp wit, his lightning speed of thought, and some of the darker sides of his personality as well. You know, I think something that makes Robin so special, it was like, Beneath all of his like dirty jokes and witty charm, there was always a level of vulnerability that felt kind of superhuman to me. In, in all of his movie performances, from Hook to Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, Dead Poet Society, even some of the ones that are, that are less popular, um, he, he was just always so attuned to people, and all of his characters felt human to me. Anyway, I love I love Robin, and and so like with with this podcast, one of my biggest goals is to open up some of my like receptors and feel feel like I can feel and understand art more deeply, right? Like that's for me, that's kind of been a goal of Happy Tears for me right. personally, right? And I I feel like he was the type of person that was always like wide open, like one of the most sensitive souls to ever like walk the earth. And so I love Robin. Um, and I think the doc is pretty good. The book is, you know, anytime you have a 400 page book, you just go into so much more detail, but uh, it's, it's just a wonderful look at a, a wonderful man. And it made me cry. It's good. Yeah. I Thank guess you. I'll go along with that and, and uh, provide another HBO documentary. Nice. Um, nice little segue there into another man by the name of Fred Rogers. Uh, it's a, a documentary called Won't You Be My Neighbor? And I think it's a really fair and beautiful depiction of Fred Rogers and his TV show, Won't You Be My Neighbor? And some of the uh, struggles and uncertainty and stuff that he had. He, he approached a lot of these situations with, obviously, with love and kindness, but he has a a way of uh, dealing kind of with these big, uh, big moments in a really like a uh, tender way um, as most people know. But I think this really gives a, a nice kind of like a full depiction of what his life was like during this, during filming the show. And uh, yeah, I, I really, really like this. I saw this with my mom and we were both uh, in tears quite a bit, so. Yeah, you just saw my documentary and raised me a documentary. That The Mr. Rogers one is, is I love Robin, but Mr. Rogers is an excellent person, and, and that documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor, is really great. The documentary is directed by Morgan Neville. It's a nice, nice one to watch during these times as well, so great pick on on to your next one buddy so my number four in terms of intensity of happy tears is on hulu 
And nice. it is called If Beale Street Could Talk, directed by Barry Jenkins. If I'm being honest, I'm partially just recommending this because I'm saving all of my Moonlight talking points for the best of the decade. <laughs> but I do like this movie, and Barry Jenkins' adaptation of this novel by James Baldwin is definitely a tearjerker. Have you seen it? Uh, I have not. Okay, so Moonlight is is like this monumental, it changed the way I see movies kind of event for me. Yeah. If Beale Street Could Talk is his follow-up, it's Barry Jenkins' follow-up after that movie, and uh, right. it's still very good, and a lot of people really love it. I Honestly, I haven't seen it since it was in theaters, um, so I'm actually excited to revisit it soon. But, it, I mean, it's a pretty moving love story. Um, it's about kind of the power of of love and family, but also cruelty and inequality and ultimately hope. It's set in early 1970s Harlem, and it's a, actually a story about James Baldwin's parents, basically how he was brought into this world. And it's um, pretty touching. The uh, Some of the, the dialogue to me on first watch was a little corny, I have to admit, but the themes, the emotional moments, and the score are all undeniable. Barry Jenkins is one of my favorite working directors, and so this one's definitely worth checking out. You ready for this? I've never been more ready for anything in my whole life. You know I love you, no matter what happens. I'm yours in your mind, and that's it. You and me all the time. So I'm going to move to a nice little animated feature. It is on Netflix, and it goes by the name My Life as a Zucchini. A beautiful stop-motion film directed by Claude Barras. And uh, funny enough, I just realized this, but it was co-written by uh, Celine Sciamma, director of The Beautiful Portrait of a Lady on Fire that we had raved about. Yep. I'll read the, the letterbox description here. It says, after his mother's death, Zucchini is befriended by a kind police officer, Raymond, who accompanies him to his new foster home filled with other orphans his age. There, with the help of his newfound friends, Zucchini eventually learns to trust and love as he searches for a new family of his own. I think the way this uh, kind of deals with problems in a really kind of matter-of-fact way with all these uh, kids who have kind of their own struggles and um, shows the power of like solidarity, I think is really beautiful. And um, like I said, the stop motion is really beautiful and the characters are, are really uh, fun and colorful, even um, as that's kind of balanced out by uh, some of the more serious uh, subject matter. So, yeah. I liked it a lot. There's two versions of this. Um, this was a Swiss film in French. And uh, so there's one with subtitles and another with um, English actors uh, or American actors in English. So you might recognize a couple of the voices, but yeah. Yeah, this is one of my 38 movies that I've watched during quarantine <laughs> on your recommendation. And, Lovely. Uh, it is so great. Everything you said about it is correct. It is very touching and moving and wonderful. I love it. 
Love that you love it, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I watched this right after the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford and right before That's Hail a Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, my number three is on Netflix also. It is a movie called About Time, a romantic comedy uh, starring Dom Hall Gleason and Rachel McAdams. So About Time, it's basically a romantic comedy with a time travel element um, is like the, the simplest explanation I can give for it. It's one of those movies that, at least my experience is, it absolutely blew me away the first time. But I've, actually, I've watched it since, and it's kind of lost a little bit of luster. Like, you, you, on second viewing, I was like, oh, maybe that's not quite as good as I thought it was. Um, <laughs> but overall, it, I mean, it's a pretty good movie. My reaction, now that I've seen it a couple times, is the, the romantic bits of it are a little bit hollow. But luckily, by the end of the movie, that's not really the point. The big moment is... There's a certain point in the movie where it switches from kind of a quirky time travel romance to a, I guess, maybe not even a more dramatic film. I guess it is a little more dramatic, but it becomes more about family and parenthood and um, some of these larger uh, themes and scenarios that when it takes that turn, the final act is kind of gut-wrenching and, and wonderful and beautiful and it's all about death and coping with the loss of people and and also rebirth and how we how families work right how time works and how mm-hmm. all of human civilization has continued to move on you know throughout all of time and uh the final scene is is just absolutely triumphant i super love it so the movie itself is good but the ending, I think, is great. And so that is why it's on my list. That is wonderful. So I haven't seen this next one in quite a while. Um, so this is the exception to my two-year rule here. But I do remember it kind of getting wrapped up in in the film and it being a beautiful experience. So it is a another animated movie that happens to also be on Netflix and it is called Song of the Sea. Uh, Here's a description from Letterboxd. It says, after their mother's disappearance, Ben and Saoirse are sent to live live with Granny in the city. When they resolve to return to their home by the sea, their journey becomes a race against time as they're drawn into the world Ben knows only from his mother's folktales. But this is no bedtime story. These fairy folk have been in our world far too long. It soon becomes clear to Ben that Sersha is the key to their survival. Uh, it is a movie with enchanting visuals and kind of a real sense of wonder to it. You kind of get, like I said, wrapped up in it or washed in the waves of the film. It's uh, beautifully animated and it comes from director Tom Moore who uh, directed The Secret of Kells. If you're familiar with that um, film as well, has another, has just another really beautiful animation style. He's, a, he's an Irish filmmaker, and so these, both, both of those movies have like a Irish folktale kind of nature to them. But it's really, really great and um, a nice little film to watch during this time. And it's an emotional one, so there you have it. 
That's great. I've seen that movie pop up on on Netflix as an option, and I didn't know anything about it, so uh, I will check it out. Nice. It's ninety three minutes. Totally doable. Yeah. Okay. All so right. my number two, and remember, I'm going in terms of intensity of happy tears. This is my Disney Plus pick, and you know, Disney's got a lot of options. Several Pixar movies. Some of the classic Disney animation, some of the live action movies are all good. Not not these live action remakes, but just live action Disney films. Uh, the one that I chose, I, I'm sure most people have seen it, but it's always worth a rewatch, I think. I've only seen it once, but it's called Coco. I know I'm not supposed to love music. No music. No music. <laughs> <laughs> But my great-grandma Coco's father was the greatest musician of all time. Papa. Ernesto de la Cruz. One day, he left with his guitar and never returned. No, my family thinks music is a curse. Great-great-grandfather, none of them understand me. I'm supposed to play music. All right, who's in there? I'm sorry. <gasps> What's going on? I'm just dreaming. Do you mind? <gasps> Welcome to the land of the dead. Since everyone has seen it, probably, I, I won't go into too much detail about it. Um, if you've ever lost a loved one or Robin Williams, uh, this movie will turn you into a puddle. A lovely story about honoring family, beautiful music, uh, and, and of course, death and, and grief. And if the final act doesn't bring you to tears, you are not a human being. <laughs> Stop listening now. <laughs> you are a robot. You're in the, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> no, yeah, I agree. It's a, it's a wonderful movie. All right, so going back into uh, live action films here, the final film I'm going to recommend uh, is also on Netflix, and it is called The Florida Project. Ah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is a 2017 film uh, directed by Sean Baker and stars Willem Dafoe and Brooklyn Prince and several others. It is, um, this is a description from the A24 website. It says, warm, winning, and gloriously alive, Sean Baker's The Florida Project is a deeply moving and unforgettably poignant look at childhood. Set on a stretch of highway just outside the imagined utopia of Disney World, the Florida Project follows six-year-old Mooney and her rebellious mother, Hallie, over the course of a single summer. The two live week to week at the Magic Castle, a budget motel managed by Bobby, uh, which is Willem, Willem Dafoe's character, and whose stern exterior hides a deep reservoir of kindness and compassion. Uh, the precocious Mooney has no trouble making each day a celebration of life. Her endless afternoons overflowing with mischief and grand adventure as she and her ragtag playmates fearlessly explore the utterly unique world into which they've been thrown. Uh, so another one of those with a bunch of just really natural performances. I think the movie's kind of um, one of those transformative experiences where um, you're kind of placed in this world and the way that the the kids kind of run around and the uh, placement of the camera, uh, gorgeous cinematography, the way that all kind of works together kind of has this magical feel to it. And uh, I 
highly recommend it. I loved the way it was shot and um, the way it portrayed these characters. You know, some of them or most of them have uh, never acted before. And um, it's, I think, one of Willem Dafoe's great performances as well. So great film and looking forward to more from Sean Baker and and some of these uh, actors in the movie. And it's kind of packed with some with emotional moments of kind of the the harsh reality of their situation, but also the uh, kind of joy and optimism optimism of childhood. So absolutely, really, really great. Yeah, it's it's great. You said it all. Um, totally stand by that pick for sure. Stand by me, Nick. Another movie I almost watched the other day. <laughs> Uh, back when we started the podcast, uh, our friend in, I think she's, she still lives in the Netherlands, Tita, recommended that we cover it on the podcast. And I was like, you know, I should watch that. We, well, we will someday. We will. Also, Soon. I might watch Captain Fantastic because Natalie has recommended that on multiple occasions. Not to pull focus away from the Florida Project, which is great. <laughs> so my last one. So this is number one in terms of the intensity of the tears in my experience. I don't know how, mm-hmm. um, I don't know how this hit other viewers, uh, but this did win. This is on Amazon. It won Casey Affleck, a Best Actor Oscar, uh, a couple, uh, 2017. And it won a Best Screenplay for Kenneth Lonergan. It is Manchester by the Sea. So this movie profoundly destroyed me in a way that like (laughs) I didn't recover for days like I was I don't don't think I've ever had a movie like bring me down so hard that I had to like slowly climb out of this depression (laughs) days later (laughs) it may be the most it's worth it though yes it's beautiful it's maybe the most devastating depiction of grief that I've ever seen to me, the whole film is kind of about the fact that after, you know, one of the most horrific events a human can endure, life just kind of keeps going, whether you like it or not. And, uh, you know, what that does to a person and how someone has to cope. It's also kind of, an, to me, an interesting reflection on purpose and like the meaning of life. And, and we watch Casey Affleck's character uh, at a point in his life when he is like completely without purpose and doesn't really want any purpose or connection or responsibility to anyone or anything. And, you know, kind of wants to exist in this numb place in his life where nothing is happening until one day, you know, something happens in his, with a member of his family and it requires his life to have some meaning again. And how this kind of shell of a person who's kind of, been through a lot has to come up with this new found purpose and how he kind of wrestles with it is devastating and beautiful. And in the end, I think hopeful. Um, But it is, I mean, I was just, it was like I was taking body blows the whole movie through. It's just like (laughs) so heavy. So be prepared. So be prepared. It's number one on my list because it is, a doozy, but it is worth a watch. It is ultimately beautiful, and uh, I think it's worth it. Well, there you have it. Did you have any? Uh, I don't know. Do you have any 
close calls or honor, honorable <laughs> mentions or anything? Yeah, so um, I know uh, Blue Valentine is streaming, and I thought about that, but I I was mostly trying to stick to things that had some sort of um, – well, didn't pull me down as much, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but there are some beautiful moments in that that film, and uh, I know that uh, Place Beyond the Pines is also Ooh, uh, yeah. by the same director, and uh, both of those uh, were quite emotional. And um, I had Warrior on Hulu. Uh, um, I watched great that film. recently. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Not for the first time, but yeah, that movie yeah. is is real. Like that, I think that was the first time I became aware of Tom Hardy. And uh, just kind of what a what a force he is, and, and yeah, yeah that, that movie is is really beautiful. Like honestly, a lot of it's kind of cheesy. There's one scene where there's like three back to back like huge screenwriting cliches. Like if I had a nickel, <laughs> well that's what I'm worried about. Kind of yeah. like um, about time. I don't think it's the greatest movie, but the ending is so. In- incredibly powerful nick nolte is is so good in it all the actors are really great i think some of the material they're working with isn't the best but i think the actors actually elevate it and so yeah it's a great movie yeah and obviously a super like physical movie from the uh subject matter but it's just one that i i figured had been seen more than the other ones on the list so (laughs) i i had left it off but yeah yeah i i almost picked 20th century women but i think Part of me thought that you might throw that out there. Um, <laughs> you thought right. I almost went with Goodwill Hunting, but since I did the the Robin Williams doc, I went with Beale Street. On Disney, you know, I, Toy Story three was one that came to mind. Punch Drunk Love is a movie that I absolutely love, and that's on HBO. Yep, um, I thought about that one as well, along with Magnolia, but I couldn't pinpoint. Like I, I have, I hadn't seen it in, in a while, so. I didn't have much a ton to talk about um, if I would have picked it. And then on Disney Plus also, they've got a couple sports movies that might give you a good sports cry. So like Remember the Titans is on there. Miracle is, is mm. I think, a really good movie. So The good old sports cry. Yeah. You could, Well, Warrior could give you a good old sports cry as well. That's true. So. That's very true. I think this is a solid 10 movies. These are good recommendations. I feel good about this. Yeah, I do too. But if I, I think listeners should should reach out with movies they recommend. Yeah, I'd love that. Happy tears for the quarantine. As we keep going into this world that we're going, maybe we'll even explore doing music or something also along these lines, uh, quarantine music or something. But uh, yeah, so people should hit us up on our socials and let us know what you're watching to give you a good quarantine cry. We have returned. <laughs> yeah, we're back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Happy Tears. Happy Tears is produced by me, I'm Nick, and him. And I'm Brandon. You can find more information at happytearsbod.com, including show notes for every episode, including this episode. You can find us on all the social media. We are on instagram mainly but we're also on facebook and twitter i'm getting a political call right now it's coming up as a political (laughs) call 
denying that one. Did you say rate and review? Or Oh, sure. Please rate and review us online, specifically Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars or however many stars you think we've earned. I'll remind you that it's hard to get quality audio during a pandemic. Original theme music by Homage. You could find his music at youtube.com slash Homage Beats or on Instagram at Homage Beats. We have a nice little playlist on Spotify. It goes by the name of Happy Tears Mixtape. We throw some songs that we've recommended or covered on there and update that weekly for your listening pleasure. I think that's all for this week. Hopefully we'll be back next week. But if not, we'll see you soon. Farewell! We will see if that at all worked. If not, farewell. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.